Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JC West Podcast, part of the Off the Ball Network. This is episode 201, dedicated to a man who on June 3rd, 1989, hit his 300th career home run. Mr. Stan Musial. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by Miss, yes, it is a female today, Miss Shannon McBride, as her and I spent some time talking about the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500. Miss Shannon McBride is not only an Indy 500 fan, but an IndyCar racing fan as well. And her and I spent some time talking about a race that she loves as everyone knows jay has jay lives in indiana he is from indiana grew up in indianapolis but he has yet gone to the the indianapolis 500 i keep getting closer to crossing that line or getting over that bridge or that obstacle that's in my way mentally getting over it to go to the race but i have yet gone but listening to miss shannon mcbride talk about the race and really just hearing her enthusiasm and her passion for IndyCar racing especially the Indianapolis 500 it it might have been what is needed for me to get over the hump literally get over the hump to go to the race really 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 close to making things happen next year yes I know it's a year away but you can plan now for a major event that happens next year but before we get to all that there's a little something I would like to talk about to open today's show which is fans at games in the nfl during the 2021 nfl season just a couple days ago there were 30 of 32 teams that said there will be full stadiums they will have full stadiums in the upcoming season recently the broncos were the part of that list and the broncos said no they have a green light and they will have full stadiums be at full capacity in the fall Ironically, a city that I mentioned earlier that has an NFL team, the Indianapolis Colts, is the only team yet to date that has currently said they can't, they have not given the green light, they have not given the okay, been given the okay by local officials to say that they will have full stadiums in the fall. It's a move in the right direction. For there to be 31 of 32 teams that have already said we're going to have full stadiums, Mayor Hogsett, Mayor Joe Hogsett, I believe is his name, in Indianapolis. He knows what's at stake. He just had, or the state of state, the city of Indianapolis just housed 135,000 people at the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500, and that was only set at 40%. So if you look at the state, if you look at the race, if you watch any glimpses, clips on the Sports Center or on the social media, you would have seen it looked like that place was full. No, that place was not full at all. Most of the time at that race, you're going to get 300 to 350,000 people at that race every single year. From more people that could fit inside the stands to people in the infield and people at the snake pit, which is just basically a big old party. You want to get people there all the time. 300 to 350,000 are normally at the Indianapolis 500. You see 135,000 people. Yes, that is the largest sporting event since everything shut down for COVID in March of 2020. And that's generally going to be the largest sporting event in the U.S. of A. every single year, possibly around the world. I don't know all the numbers as far as sporting events, soccer, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I know soccer is probably up around 100,000. Don't know why I said soccer. But I don't know everything around the world as far as, hey, 
this state or this country or this event in this local area, they get more people, spectators, year in, year out than the Indianapolis 500 does. But this is a major move in the right direction. 31 of 32 people. This is actually being put together on a Wednesday evening on June 2nd in 2021. So it's very, very nice to see that as we are talking right now, as you're listening to my voice, there's a really good shot you as a football fan will be able to go to a football game that is at full capacity in the fall. Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Colts, there are a lot of Colts fans that want to go to Colts games. There's a lot of optimism about how good this team will be. Carson Wentz is now in town, and he is wowing his new teammates with his arm talent and how well he is able to pick up things in this offense. You may say, Jay, he's already played with Frank Reich. He knows the offense. But every coach, as you know, has wrinkles and adds different things to their offense along the way. So the offense Frank Reich has now, I doubt it is the same offense that the Eagles had the year they won the Super Bowl. A step in the right direction. 31 of 32 teams have already said stadiums will be at full capacity in the fall. Mayor Joe Hogsett. I know peer pressure is crazy. I know he wouldn't want to talk about peer pressure in politics, but peer pressure might be that very thing for him to release and move away from the restrictions and protocols that he still has in place so the Indianapolis Colts can allow their fans to prepare right now to be in a full stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium, in the fall. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Speedway, Indiana, the home of the Indianapolis 500 and the place Miss Shannon McBride visits every May as she gets to relive and rekindle the love that she has for the Indianapolis 500. And joining us now here on the Jay Stevens podcast, it's someone that I had followed on Twitter for a couple weeks, maybe a month now, leading up to the Indy 500. Not a 500 fan, as everyone knows. Jay doesn't talk racing, motorsports, motorsports, or anything. But when I came across this particular account, there was a couple things. One, she does two-a-days in the gym. So that was kind of enjoyable to see, like, going before work, after work. But then also her enthusiasm and enjoyment for IndyCar racing and the Indy 500 specifically. It is Shannon McBride at IndyCar Chick on Twitter. Shannon, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing uh, very, very well. I apologize for my voice. It doesn't normally sound this way, but um, after all the screaming at the race yesterday, this is what's left. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. That's perfect. Speaking of the race, and we'll get to what happened yesterday, the spectacle, um, Helio winning his fourth. You and your fandom for the race itself, what does it mean to you to really know what it means, not just to you, but your fans, I mean, your family, fans as well, Twitter people love you on Twitter, but what does it really mean to you going back, I think about Indy 500, the race specifically, being a fan, what is it like to be a fan of that race itself? It's something else. I, I, I was just talking to, I, to someone today and they were like, I, I like IndyCar, but I don't love the race like you do. And I said, I know I'm psychotic about it. I completely understand <laughs> it. It's really hard to explain how or why I got here, but my first race was in 2000 and it was just like a switch flipped in. I literally found the love of my life in, in like 240 miles. <laughs> so were you 
if I remember right, you were in high school or just out of high school at that time? Yeah, it was my graduation present actually from my aunt just to go to the, because my family has been going to the race for a very long time, since 1956, I think is when my grandma started going. So um, it's been a family tradition for a very long time. And so the kids never got to go. It was always an adult thing. And then when I graduated high school, my aunt was like, here's your ticket. And so I got to go. It was literally like the next day of graduation or something like that. So it was like the very same weekend. And uh, it was, it was amazing. It was just amazing. I, it's so hard to explain because I really want everybody to just go once. And you, if you don't fall in love with it, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I've been to qualifying. My first time going to qualifying was this past week. Well, with the first day, of, first not qualifying, first day of practice, excuse me. I went with my buddy, him and his kids ended up going to the race. They've gone every single year. With the race not happening, well, he couldn't go to the race last year. He was like, he was mad. I just met the guy. Like, I haven't been friends with him very long. So he was like, dude, man, like, I am mad. I'm like, dude, it's a race. Like, there's more races. You can go to more. But you talk about the tradition of your family from the kids can't go. It's only adults, a graduation present for you. And I'm curious if you could kind of describe from your family's perspective what that tradition means to you guys. It is just something that we, it's stories that we can pass down. I mean, I've got two little girls now and they, they want to go. And I'm like, you can't, you can't go until I can trust you to go to the bathroom by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, you know, it's something that I shared with my grandma. It's something that I've shared with aunts and uncles. I have family from California that flies in for the race every year. Um, they haven't been able to obviously the last two years, but um, it's just like one of those things that you just know is going to happen. And it's just one of those things that you just know you're going to be able to spend that day with your favorite people and have the best time ever and watch cars go fast and cook breakfast in the infield and, or, I mean, in our parking lot and, and just, you know, sit around and tell stories and play games and just be together. It's so, it's, it's, it is different than like, you know, Christmas or, or Easter or something like that. Right. It's just because that feels so necessary that everybody does it, you know, every, almost everybody does a Christmas celebration. Not everybody goes to the race. Not everybody can be like, yeah, I went to the race with my grandma when she was 65 years old. You know, like that's just something that you don't, you don't get to say very often. My mom got to go to the race a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago. And ever since then, she went with one of her girlfriends. She was like, yeah, let's go. Like, perfect. But she's been trying to go back and she won't, she won't go solo. Of course, she, she wants to go with somebody else to enjoy the event and this was probably the first year I was the closest to being like, mom, I'll go. I know there was only 135,000 people that were the capacity. I know normally it's 300,000 plus um, more um, with the snake pit and the infield being fuller and things like that. Um, but I was really close to going and it was a couple things. One last year, not being able to go to the race at all. Um, really just, it was in August, a different time period as well. So it was really different that time. But I want to be able to say I've been once, but also want to be able to at least be able to know what people like yourself experience in the month of May. And Shannon, I've never been. People listening have never gone. 
So what is like your race rate race day tradition from beginning till maybe the end of the race when things go to kind of just map out what race day means when they say day, it's not just a couple hours or three hours for a race. It's literally waking up early until the race is over. It's an all day event. It's an all weekend event. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, Friday night, I come down to Indy cause I don't live in Indianapolis. <clears throat> So I drive down to Indy and I stay at my brother's. Um, we normally go out and be ridiculous Friday night. <laughs> Saturday morning, we sleep in. Um, then in the afternoon, we make a Target and a Kroger run and we get all of our stuff. Saturday night, we normally do like a formal sit-down dinner. And then we come home and pack our coolers and make breakfast for the morning and just make sure everything is all set out. I get up about 3.30 or 4.00. On, on race morning and get everything packed in the car and we leave um, on a typical race year we would leave by like 5 15 because traffic is so bad and we want to be at the gates when the cannon goes off at six so then we pull in and park at six o'clock normally we sleep in the car for like an hour okay okay <laughs> so early um there's we usually take two cars and so we sleep for a while and then we get out and get our chairs out and you know just camp out essentially in the parking lot we park in the north 40 <clears throat> we eat breakfast we draw names like we'd get the paper that has the lineup of the cars and the names and we draw names out of a hat and you know we used to put money down but we don't care so much about the money anymore it's just bragging rights at this point so um and then we we pack our coolers in the car and trek up to stan jay and we're i mean we're i'm normally at the track from 5 30 to 5 30 we're there oh, for goodness that yeah yeah because you can't leave once you get there like there's no reason to go to try to get in your car and leave you can't so we just sit there and we make snacks for after the race and okay. have a few more drinks and we just hang out until we see traffic start to move and then we leave so are you yeah. enthusiastic about any other sport like you are indycar no no i mean i love sports i will yeah. i watch football i watch baseball i watch basketball I occasionally went to hockey. I mean, I love sports and can talk all sports, but um, if I never went to another Colts game again, I wouldn't be heartbroken, right? Like it just is what it is. But if I never got to go to another IndyCar race or, and, or Indy 500, yeah, I would be heartbroken. I mean, I cried last year when Meg rolled around and it was supposed to be race day and I woke up and I wasn't going to the race. I cried. As yeah. an adult, you cried. As an adult, yeah. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> Thanks see, for that. Every day. <laughs> it's, it's the first thing in my head. I had to throw it out there. See, t- see as for, it's just, this is just me. And I'm sure I'm speaking for numerous listeners here of the podcast. The tears seem a little crazy, but I understand it because I've lived in Indiana most of my life, Indianapolis most of my life. And I have seen, as I get older, there are people just like you that make the weekend a family thing. I know one of my friends, her dad's an assistant coach for um, a girls' basketball team here in, here in Indianapolis. And when I first met her, she's like, oh, I'm going to the race. I'm like, okay, like, it's just the race. But it's an all-weekend event. They ended up going to St. Elmo's, um, I think, Saturday night. I think they do something Friday, do something Saturday, and then Sunday – it's literally an all-day thing. They had like they go. They had a party bus and everything. Like they go, they go all out. But it's not just them and different people that I've that are just on Twitter. It's oh, it's an enjoyable experience because one hundred thirty-five thousand, three hundred thousand, three fifty, whatever the number is, 
everyone is focused on one event. Now you do have the snake pit, which that's a whole different scene, um, the party scene and all that kind of stuff. But everybody's focused on one event, 500 miles, and all these race car drivers, they come to Indy and they're saying there's something special about this place. And as I watched it on TV yesterday for the first time in my life, it's weird living in Indianapolis and you can't watch it on TV. But as I watched it on TV, Shannon, it was really enjoyable just to see being able, one, be able to watch it, but then also to be able to see everybody that's there enjoy the spectacle that is the Indy 500. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I know you're not super familiar, but Connor Daly. Yeah, from, uh, from, you know, no, Noblesville. Right, right. He's a hometown boy. When he took that lead yesterday, I it has been a really long time since I've heard the entire crowd lose their minds. Like it was, and it's just like everybody, you know, it's a rare thing that you find 135,000 people who all want the same thing. You know what I mean? Like to see him lead that race yesterday, literally it was incredible. It was incredible for him. I felt so bad when it all went down, but I mean, it's just one of those things. It's just, ah, it's so hard to explain. Because I know that it sounds crazy. I know that the fandom of it all sounds crazy and people don't understand it, but it literally just like makes my heart so happy. So when your kids are able to go, will the tradition be the same thing the, the Saturday? For you, if you guys are still living outside of Indianapolis, come down to Indianapolis and then make it an all weekend thing. Um, so nothing's planning to change from that. No, probably. We probably just won't go get mad crazy on Friday night. <laughs> But no, I mean, we won't, we won't change it. I, I mean, I don't think so anyway, but they're only, they're going to be nine and 10. So we got some time. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But I don't anticipate changing it. I did take them to the GP so that they could go and they've been to the GP twice. They went to the harvest and then they went to the one just a couple of weeks ago. So I take them just not to the 500. Okay. Okay. I, that makes sense. It is a massive place. Um, when I was there with my buddy, just walking around, it was, I had been there before for different um, different things, but not for anything Indy 500 related. So when I was walking in, he's like, hey, we're going to Gasoline Alley. I'm like, this place is huge. Like I, I've ran around the track when I was, when I used to run many marathons, I ran around that thing twice and yeah, you're running and you're running on the track. That's one thing. But I think it's a different, <laughs> it was a different view from when I was sitting in the stands and he's going through the history. Well, this is that guy and this is that guy. And uh, we actually got those stand by Connor Daly when he was at a pit before anything started on that opening day of practice. And he's like, well, this is him. This is Doug Bowles. This is that driver. He's won this many. He's won that many. And he was like a walking historian just from yeah. my vantage point, just from being able to be there. And he's been going since the eighties. And to him, this is kind of like his, getaway like he has life he has his family um he had, he's very busy with his kids but this is one time he was he's able to get away from life and decompress and make this two or week and a half event kind of the practice of qualifying and then the race itself he made that literally an event that he looks forward to every single year for me it's football season like I okay. love football season but it's months long but for him it's this week he takes off work numerous days to enjoy life at the track. And maybe next year, Shannon, we, you might, I might message you and be like, Hey, I'm going to the race this year because I, I want to go because I just, I want to be a sports fan and a podcaster where it's like, I've been to not just basketball, football, baseball. I'm going to more things to just figure out 
what fans like yourself love about all these sports. One question for you just popped into my mind. Do you care about NASCAR? No. Really? <laughs> really? What's the difference? <clears throat> well, well, for one, I don't have any sort of feelings for any of the NASCAR drivers. Um, you know, I, I worked in IndyCar for a while, so I, I built some really strong relationships. So that helps, right? But um, also NASCAR is boring. They're going, they're going like what, 150, 160? Maybe, but all they care about is like wrecking each other. And to me, not yeah, everybody, yeah. not everybody believes that, right? But I just, um, it just doesn't feel as exciting to me. NASCAR just doesn't feel as exciting to me. And it feels very gimmicky and where like IndyCar feels very like pure racing. Like we, we race. If we finish under yellow, then I'm sorry, we finished under yellow. We're not going to stop the race so that you can, you know, have a decent finish. Like, that's just not how it works. This is how racing works. If there's an accident and there's only three laps to go. Sorry, who's lever is leading is, is going to be the winner. And so I, I just, I think, just think it's a very pure form of racing. And I think that NASCAR is the very opposite of that. <laughs> Are there any other? Don't post me on Twitter for that. I will not. <laughs> Nobody. So I know there's NASCAR. This is kind of educational for me. So I'm going to kind of get learn a little bit about racing. So I know there's NASCAR. I know there's um, IndyCar. I know there's, was it F1? Yeah. Um, what's the difference? I know the difference between the, like IndyCar and NASCAR, but F1 and IndyCar, what's the difference, difference between those two series or different? Schedules. So um, F1, um, IndyCar's cars are all spec cars. They all have the same chassis and we have two engine suppliers. And so, you know, you either have a Chevy or you have a Honda. Um, F1 is financial based. It doesn't have, they don't have to have the same equipment. The cars aren't all running the same equipment, which is why exactly why Mercedes is always winning. And, um, you know, Alphatori is not. So that's, that's the main difference is financials. Um, the F1 cars are bigger. Okay um, longer even, um, than Indy cars, um, speed wise F1 only does road course road courses. So, mm -hmm. um, the speeds are a little bit comparable. I think when Indy car does road courses, but they don't ever do any ovals. And so, you know, I mean, somebody's going to 40 on the backstretch in Indy on practice days. Um, I don't, I don't know for certain, but I don't think Mm -hmm. F1 gets that fast. It's hard to do that that fast when you're not going in a straight line, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the main difference. It's all financials. What race, not race. Well, yeah, what's your favorite race you've been to, Indy 500? My favorite Indy and, 500? And why? Probably the year that Dan won his first race um, because he was – he and I um, were kind of rookies in the paddock together when I started working and, and he started racing um, when he won with Andretti, like that whole team, that whole Andretti team was just a really fun group of people to be around. And then um, I think the year prior to that, he crashed and was upside down, oh, <laughs> sliding wow. on the track upside down on his helmet um, right in front of me. And so that was, that was, that was probably one of the first races I had, um, like a personal relationship with somebody who was in an accident. So when mm -hmm. Dan died, it was super traumatizing for me. 
but when he won his first race, that was probably my most favorite, my most favorite race. And honestly, I can't remember a single thing about the rest of that day other than I know that he won. <laughs> know that I was happy about it. <laughs> What's his last name for Walden. people that don't know? Dan Walden. Okay. That's what, I, that's what I assumed it was. I wasn't sure if there was a different Dan out there that I didn't oh, yeah. know of. Yeah. Yeah. A so. couple more questions for you. Then we're going to get you out of here for the day. Yesterday's race. Um, emotions that were there from the beginning to the middle to the end. You mentioned that Connor Daly, when he took the lead, um, everyone went crazy. I know he's, I know he's done stuff with Pat McAfee before. So he's been on his show and they, they do what they do on the show. And it's very enjoyable to see that those two kind of have those bro moments where they're on the show. Like, yeah, man, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I'm very enjoyable. But what were kind of the emotions? Keep in mind, people that are listening, there was no race last year that fans could attend. It was also a different time of year. So me saying the race is in August, that doesn't sit right with me because it's always in May. Memorial Day weekend means a lot because of the race. But what kind of emotions went through you? When, let's start when you entered the track. When you got to the track, pulled up, what were, some, what were some, like, some initial emotions? It was like a sigh of relief. Like, you know, I just, honestly, I just kept waiting for somebody to screw something up and be like, oh, we're not going sorry, we're not going. Like, that's just how it felt because that's how the last two years have felt, right? You don't get your hopes up for anything because something is for sure to happen and go wrong. Yesterday felt so right. The entire day was like the most perfect day we've had in the last two years. And I literally, I parked my car and I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're here. We're going to do this. Um, and then, you know, walk into the stands and just seeing all the people again, it just felt so freaking good. And so freaking normal. It felt so normal. And, um, you know, they play taps and I cry and they do the flyover and I cry. <laughs> we do back home again in Indiana and I cry. So, um, all of that was happening. And then just the start of the race. And I mean, obviously you can hear me, like I screamed, for 500 miles. So, um, but listen, watching Elio win his fourth race, I'm not even a giant Elio fan. I just, I mean, I like him, right? But he's not, he's not on my top 10 drivers I root for, not for any other reason other than I just have a whole bunch of them. <laughs> so, um, but to watch him win that, I, I sobbed like a dang baby. I, I had tears streaming down my face. It seems like the race brings out the tears out of you that you you bottle up for a year. And then you get, then you get to the speedway, they all come out. Go to the race and then I'll cry it all out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it was something else. It was something else. Well, first of all, right? Like nobody's done that in my generation. There's only right. three other previous four-time winners and I've never seen any of them race. So to be able, and I've been to every single one of Elio's wins. So to be able to say that I have witnessed him win the Indianapolis 500 four times is incredible. I mean, it was just like, and again, it just added to the perfect feeling of the day. Like nobody on pit lane, not a single person could have been upset with him winning that race. There's just no way. Like it was just something you're going to make me cry again. (laughs) Seriously. It was, it's just, it's just historical and it's amazing. And the love that he has for the speedway and that he doesn't take anything for granted 
and to win with a team that isn't a, you know, considered one of the top teams. I mean, you know, he drove for Penske his whole career Yeah, and could never get that fourth one. And then he comes in with Michael Shank racing and just does what he does yesterday. Like a masterful mind of race car driver is just, yeah, it's just, it's just awesome. <laughs> I was wondering if the tears are going to start flowing. I wasn't trying to bring tears out, but I could just tell by looking at your face, like the tears might start coming down. Yeah, they might. They might. <laughs> so where were you on the track when he when he won? Because I saw that he was running around cheering um, before yes. he I, I focused on when he was cheering and, and shaking his fist. But he did eventually, I think before that, start climbing on the fence. Where were you in relation to that as far as when that celebration started? So he does, I mean, that's all down uh, by the pagoda, by the mm -hmm. bricks. We are in turn four. We're okay. In okay. So basically he's here and we were just like right here. Okay. Was that the first time you saw a celebration like that after a 500? Uh, well, Elio has always started climbing the fence when he wins. Oh, so okay. Him, yeah, they call him Spider-Man. Um, <clears throat> so I've seen him do that previously. But the what I've never seen is that nobody was leaving. Normally, when the race is over, just people start piling out, right? Nobody left. Everybody stayed there and watched him. And I mean, I've never seen anybody run down the track. Like he was just, he was just everywhere. So that kind of stuff was awesome. You know, normally it's, um, it's pretty formal. Like they got a timetable, right? You win, you go to victory circle, you do all the stuff there. It wasn't on that timeline yesterday, which I thought was still incredible anyway. Like, good for you. You've won this four times. Do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing for anyone listening, myself or just in general, as far as 8,500, I've probably asked this question before, so I'll, I'll go a different route to end the show. Anyone that wants to go to the race, may it be next year, may it be 10 years from now, may it be five years from now, what is the biggest advice you would give them as far as Here's what you might experience. Here's everything I've given you previously in the past 25 minutes here on the podcast. What's something that you might experience that you might take with you after leaving the track to say, I'll remember, remember this about going to the Indy 500? I think a lot of the Indy 500 is not just the racing, but it's the people who go. Um, we sit with the same people every year and you know we talk to them once a year. We got a whole group of guys from Wisconsin. There's 38 of them that come from Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Sit in front of us, right? When Elio won yesterday, one of the guys like ran up and we hugged and we're like, this is so great to do this together, you know? So it's not just the racing. It's, it's the people, it's the sounds, it's the sights. <laughs> I'm just going to warn you on that. <laughs> you see a whole lot of things in the race, but you know what you expect it. And you're like, yes, this is fantastic it's, it's literally nothing you've ever experienced before. Nothing. Like you can go to all the Colts games in the world. You can go to all the Pacers games in the world. It's nothing like the Indianapolis 500, nothing. 
Shannon, this has been fun at IndyCar Chick on Twitter. Um, good follow on um, those of you that are into working out. She does go, well, I know she's going to stop it. Does generally go to the gym twice a day um, before and after work. It's enjoyable to see those um, tweets out there. Accountability, it's enjoyable. It's encouraging me. I, I've been working out more, but not doing two a days. So maybe I have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to change things up just to expedite this weight loss process. But Shannon, this has been fun, um, really enjoyable. And maybe we will see each other next year at the 500. Thank yes. you for coming to the podcast. Thank you so much. Next year's Indianapolis 500 will be big. It'll be huge. Not only because more fans will be allowed to be there. That's not the main reason. But because when you look back at 2020, when you look back at the race, would there be fans there? Would there not be fans? Or actually bigger, would there be a race or would there not be a race? Ultimately, the race was pushed back till August, not Memorial Day weekend like normal. Fans were not able to be there. And as you hear President Doug Bowles, as you hear Roger Penske, the owner of the track, as you hear the race car drivers and their crew members and those that are in the IndyCar series, and as they talk about how the track and the race was not the same without the fans there. And as you watch the race this year, 135,000 happy, excited Loud fans were cheering from start to finish as four-time winner Elio Castroneves ended up winning the race. And as you think about next year, will he win number five? It's possible. I don't know. But when you think about also the 300 to 350,000 people that will pile into Speedway, little old Speedway, Indiana, the home of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to watch the greatest spectacle in racing Everything that goes from 2020 to 2021 to the race in 2022, I literally think next year's race will be big, will be huge. And it's a really, 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 really good chance your boy will be there. Thank you guys so much for listening and downloading another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JStevens07. You can also send all of your emails to JStevensPod at gmail.com remember to always subscribe rate and review it's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth the things that we enjoy in life we are almost willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about so no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode number one be sure to let people know about the podcast this has been episode 201 of the jay stevens podcast i will see you next time